everybody, and welcome to Light Me Up Radio. This is Linda Ness, your host. And as always, I want to thank you for choosing to incorporate this hour of just amazing information into your day. I always like to remind you that this truly is a choice. And when you're choosing uh, to incorporate new information and new ideas and new perspectives into your life to really expand and to accelerate your journey, it is truly a gift to everybody. The healthier you are, the healthier I am because there is no separation. We are all connected at such a divine level. And so I just want to honor you for choosing to be here and choosing this for yourself. Um, I truly, truly am grateful. And having said that, um, I always like to do just a short centering and, and grounding exercise to make sure that since you've chosen to be here that you truly are present, that you're here fully, and that you receive everything that you've come here to receive today. So just for just a minute, you know, feel yourself in your chair, wherever, wherever it is that you're seated, feel the surface beneath you. Maybe your feet are planted firmly on the ground. Just relax and, and really feel where your body is. And take just a few moments just to breathe. Nice, big, deep, cleansing breaths. Maybe notice where you are holding any tension in your body. And if you find those places, just bring your focus to those places and release and let it go. This hour is for you. There's nowhere else to be, nothing else to do. And it is such a gift that you give yourself. Take one more nice, deep, cleansing breath. And now just set the intention to be open and to be receptive and to hear whatever whatever it is that you need to hear today, whether it comes to you in this hour or a week later or a month later. Know that it is done. Know that whatever it is you need to receive is done. Okay, so now that we're all a little bit present, more present and and um Ready for the hour? I get to I get the honor to uh, introduce my guest. I'm been so excited to be able to have this hour with her. Uh, her name is Eliza Mata Dalian, and she's a mystic, a spiritual guide, and an internationally acclaimed master healer, and is also the best-selling author of the seven-time award-winning book *In Search of the Miraculous: Healing into Consciousness*. It's through Mata's unique ability to see the causes of pain and ailments in the body and in the unconscious and her gift to read and release the repressed thought forms and emotions from the body's cellular memory, she's devised a groundbreaking healing method known as the Dalian Method. This is a light speed method that helps people take their healing and transformation into their own hands and has the potential to quickly transform millions of people into awakened consciousness with absolute clarity about how each individual can transform their pain and suffering into consciousness, Mata sets the bar for a new type of education that fully empowers individuals to celebrate their life and live it fearlessly. And I'm so excited to be able to um, get to talk about her Dalian method a little bit more. Um, Very, very exciting that that really the, um, 
the she puts the potential into your hands and and brings you to a space of your own healing. So, uh, Mata, I am so excited that you agreed to be on the show today, and I think you have so much to offer um, our listeners. And so, you know, I chose to read your shorter bio because um, there's just there's a lot to get into. So, welcome and thank you so much for agreeing to be here. Oh, I'm delighted to be on your show, Linda. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so, Mata, like I said, I, I chose to read the, the um, short bio because I think it's really interesting uh, for our listeners to hear when I have guests on um, their personal story and how, you know, how they got into what they were doing and, and kind of their path that has led them, has led you um, into what you're doing and your, and your healing uh, modalities and, and specifically the uh, uh, Dalian method. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your own story? Absolutely. Um, as you know, we we always live in cycles, and uh, the the main cycles being the cycles of life and death. And um, what we learn through those cycles has a great impact on our development, our, on our evolution, and um, especially the 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 moments of death is very revealing if we really um, have an opportunity to witness it. And I was fortunate that I witnessed it at age five with my grandfather uh, passing away. And uh, I saw how he struggled. So in a way, watching him in life where he had his illness, he had cancer and he struggled through it. And then um, suddenly seeing seeing, um, the standstill, the silence, when he left his body, put me on notice that my life is also temporary. Uh, I suddenly thought of my own mortality and realized that I too shall be here for a temporary period of time and uh, I will be gone and life will continue just as it's continuing after uh, my grandfather's um, death. So that pointed obviously to the questions, who am I, what am I doing here, Why, what's the purpose of life, and where do I come from? And I would say that early on, that was my very um, solid foundation that made me look at life not as an accident or not take it for granted, but more look at it with, with awareness that Everything comes and goes, and what is the most important? What is the most existential thing that I need to focus on throughout my lifetime? And uh, that that was uh, that was the beginning of my conscious journey, I would say, in this body. And of course, um, we will bring what we have done from our previous lifetimes, the the journey continues. There's never an end. We just move from one cycle to another cycle. And as we go through our childhood and our youth and, uh, you know, uh, through schooling system, somehow schooling, our schooling system has a, has a very clever um, ability to devise to make us forget what's most important. And I was no different, of course. Then my focus was put into um, what does the society want? What 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 is the collective 
wanting me to do in terms of, you know, go uh, to university and get a degree and get a job and, you know, have a family, um, have children. So that's that's pretty much the focus of our mundane existence. And I not, no doubt went through that just um, as most of us, everybody pretty much, uh, you know, goes through those right. steps. And right. then, and, and, and to, um, in a way, when I, I got to, um, in my 20s, when I moved, um, I was born in Armenia, which is part, used to be part of USSR. And when I moved to Canada in 1976, um, I experienced the culture shock. So that was another, you know, another sort of situation where it put me back into myself. And um, I went back into asking those questions in a way that what is this all about? And um, through some difficulties, obviously when we go through a culture shock, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but there's a huge difference between the, the social structure or the socialist structure and the structure we have in the West. Right, and right. To adjust to that, it was a, it was a shocking situation in a way that that I had to adjust, and of course there were difficulties that uh, I began experiencing, and that somehow <clears throat> put me into or existence, you know, um, in its in its always wonderful grace, gives us exactly what we need when we need it. Mm-hmm. And um, I came, uh, I came, I moved to this uh, uh, building where I met this Russian woman who introduced me to the works by uh, Gurdjieff and Osho. And that's where my search rekindled. I became more conscious and I was overjoyed that finally now I have some kind of a direction. Who did you say she turned you on to? I didn't catch that. Uh, it was George Gurdjieff. He he's actually another he he lived in Russia in the 30s and okay. he's he's very well known in the west as well um through his uh, western disciples and uh through his books as well the especially there's a book called uh, in search of the miraculous mm-hmm. um and that one is written by one of his Disciples P.D. Uspensky, and that's what made Gurdjieff very famous in the West. And Uspensky was a mathematician, and the the way um, Gurdjieff presented spirituality was very mathematical, very Mm -hmm. down to earth. And uh, um, yeah, so that that was that was exciting because uh, depending on our mindset. I have a very scientific sort of mind. I like to explore things and find out things on my own. And that's why it appealed to me. That's yeah, it's really, it's so, it's so amazing when you can combine the science with, um, with the spirituality and the miraculous, really. I mean, where the two come together in such a perfect way, and they do, um, if you're willing to look at it um, um, from that perspective, from diff- you know, and be open to... Um, the different ways of incorporating the two. It's absolutely powerful. And it's happening more and more so now. And science is starting to recognize that consciousness has power to change the material world. Right. Yeah, and you're you're right. It it hasn't been I mean it's only been in the recent maybe even in the last twenty years that it's really been talked about and, and, and again, um in the last 
15 because I know, you know, I started my spiritual journey about 14, 15 years ago. And, um, you know, I couldn't have conversations just with anybody about spirituality or metaphysics or any of that even 15 years ago. It's changed mm-hmm. dramatically. So I can imagine... I can't imagine the change that you've seen just since moving here in 76. Um, it mm-hmm. has to be huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, we're talking about your book, uh, Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what, you know, can you just tell us a little bit about it? I know Deepak Chopra described it as um, offering a simple and elegant map to the path of enlightenment. Um, so what is the unique... Um, what is the uniqueness about the approach that you use in helping people find the meaning meaning and healing in their lives? What, what I try to do with the book, Linda, is uh, knowing how difficult the path is. And the difficulty is because we don't exactly know what we're searching for. This is the, the paradox. We're searching for something, but we don't know what we're searching for, and we don't know what are the steps. And many times, um, because the mind is so powerful, because we're so conditioned, we, we, we tend to start doubting ourselves. We tend to get uh, discouraged and um, give up. And this book is basically to help people see what the steps are, understand that there are steps from... Um, sex to superconsciousness. In other words, we have to move through our our physical as well as mental emotional development um, that cannot be separated from development of our consciousness. In other words, development of our ego, which basically our thoughts and emotions are made of, ego is made of that thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. in our identification with them. And um, so, so that people understand what, where is, what's the place of the ego and uh, why ego is absolutely necessary and mm-hmm. why we need to be- befriend it. We cannot really deny it and uh, hope to awaken. And the journey is that um, obviously existence gave us, gave us our body and the body has the, the, um, the chakra system or those you know, uh, energy points which are like chambers of transformation where the uh, alchemy happens, where our unconsciousness transforms into consciousness, and each center has a unique uh, purpose. So through the book, I explain what is the purpose of transformation uh, of each chamber, of each chakra, uh, for the development and and transformation from ego into consciousness. In other words, what are the trends of the ego and how does it transform into consciousness? And also to show that we need to move on from one um, step to the next step and and move on all the way up to the crown where we finally unite with the awareness of oneness and, and divine and bliss and not just think about it, but we actually embody it. And, um, and of course, there's many pitfalls on the way, so I describe the pitfalls, and I also um, try to bring in many exercises so that 
when when a person is working on a certain level and who goes through those levels from you know kindergarten all the way to uh, a PhD and professor. So in our spiritual development, they're very similar to our education system. So I divide that as well. I divide that so that people can understand where am I at so that I don't have to feel discouraged um, thinking that I'm not getting somewhere, just to understand that there are things that I still need to work on and there are things that I, that I can uh, still, you know, um, uh, aspire to come to. And uh, it, it, it's sort of like a map to help each person on their journey. And I remember talking to someone and he said, this book should be in universities and in schools because, <laughs> because it gives that... You know, it makes the journey lighter. Basically, my whole focus was how to make the journey lighter for people. Because I know we, we, life is, is full of pain and full of struggles and full of suffering and full of confusion. So how to bring something that could make people's journey lighter? You know, it's interesting because it's, you know, it's the external, it's the external beliefs and, and the, what we've been conditioned to think uh, controls our well. It does control our life because that's all we know, or that's what we've been conditioned to to believe. But to really get to it is crazy when you think that the schools don't teach anything about the energy body. Where you know, especially because science does know that uh, energy creates matter. So it would make sense that that our you know that we come from an energy source of some sort, um, even just from a basic scientific knowledge. You know and and uh, but that's completely bypassed, and it's such an important part of healing. And I, I think this is awesome that that you've actually um, set up some applicable steps for people to start to really connect to that part of themselves, and to even recognize or acknowledge that it's there. Uh, it's such an I mean, it can accelerate somebody's journey. I know it did mine. I'll speak for myself. Um, um, I had no idea it existed before you know, before I started my huge transformation and, and um it's a it's a huge part of healing is is really understanding those energy centers and, and working with that with that really primary um creation um that we that manifests as our lives, I think. So what is what is um can you can you like name some of the steps? I don't want you to give too much away, but um if you could share maybe a few of the steps that you um, discuss in your book, that would be great. Well, um, one thing I'd like to mention, um, without going into you know each step and describing each step, mm-hmm. um, one important thing on the journey, uh, broadly to remember, that when we transition from one step to the next step, uh, surrender, let go, is an absolute... Uh, must and it is it's an absolute ingredient mm-hmm. that would allow us to let go of something that um, we've been familiar with and move into into the unknown because ultimately the journey is to teach us to learn that the unknown is actually exciting and it's nothing to be afraid of and in our base chakras in our sort of mundane day-to-day living our conditioning is such that we there's a lot of fear of survival, and obviously it's the fear of death and fear of the unknown. And that's why people cling to their identity, they cling to what is known. And surrender is such an absolute 
uh, essential part. And when I say surrender, I don't mean you have to surrender to something. You have to sur- you have to surrender your own attachments mm-hmm. to whatever mm-hmm. you're attached to. And it's it's an internal journey. It's an internal journey of letting go of the fears, letting go of the um, identification with the pain, letting go uh, with the identification with our beliefs, and um, uh, opening up to something new. I, I like your the way you, you did your introduction about being open to receive something new, because unless we have that attitude, we can't really progress. Evolution cannot happen. And evolution absolutely requires for us to have that open mind to explore. And mm-hmm. in in the process of exploration, obviously when we find something, uh, in order to find something new, we have to be absolutely open, and which means we cannot cling to uh, something. We can't have our fists closed and hope that something can be given to us because there's Nobody that would be there to receive it. Mm-hmm. So, so surrender throughout those steps is an absolute um, essential ingredient. And uh, as you know, there's a chapter, a full chapter on that surrendering to what is, and also giving that the seven paths of surrender. Just again to give that little extra um, reminder or an understanding, so that moving through through um, surrendering through the, through the steps would become easier. Right. You know, I, I often see, um, especially in my coaching, that, that um, you know, people's repetitive patterns, they'll, they'll go through a phase where everything kind of settles down and it feels good again. They feel back in control only to have something else pop up um, along the same lines of what has happened before and it affirms their belief that that's the way just that's just the way life is for them but um you know it brings me into asking you to talk a little bit about suppressed thoughts and emotions because i think that is huge um in in being open like you said surrendering to let these things possibly come up so that they can be healed and you don't have to continually have it happen you know have these um negative experiences or perceived negative experiences happen to you over and over again. They're actually an opportunity, but can you speak a little bit on that? Uh, absolutely. The, basically, we need to understand that thoughts and emotions is what make up our ego personality. And if we start with that, if we start with the, with the correct understanding, then there'll be a possibility for us to find our true being which is which transcends the ego. Because if we think that I am this, I am my thoughts and emotions, and I am my body, then, then we've reached a sort of a finite state, and there's no possibility of any growth or any transformation, or there's no possibility of finding the truth of the being. And so then the first step is to understand that all those thoughts and emotions are based on our life experiences that we've accumulated this lifetime, other lifetimes, and those create certain belief systems. So we we have our own belief systems based on our own experiences, and then we also have the conditionings that we have been programmed to believe. And, uh, and then we mechanically believe, take them as 
you know, as uh, gospel and start living according to those beliefs. So it's very, very important that we bring in a practice of witnessing. If we want to find the oneness, the being, experience the divine, we need to absolutely bring in the practice of witnessing. And what is practice of witnessing? It's basically meditation. Mm. I love that. And without, yeah, without that, it's, it's just impossible because the mind is trying to play a game with itself. And it goes from one polarity to another polarity. And in order to step out of the mind, we need to be able to witness both sides of the mind and see how actually one moment we feel happy when we have a a good thought. And then when a negative thought comes in, suddenly our whole um, state of health and the state of how we feel changes. And suddenly we start feeling negative and then we start feeling depressed. So... Um, that's 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 a key for 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 transformation. And of course, uh, you mentioned about my healing method. Basically, this is where my healing method comes in. It basically takes takes you to a place where you can actually be able to release both the um, accumulated thoughts, the negative or the positive, and come to a place of consciousness which sees that I'm neither this, I'm not, nor that, and I'm pure, pure consciousness, pure uh, being, and, and I'm always healthy, and I can never die. So to come to that awareness, we need to step out of the identification with our thoughts and emotions. So when you say witnessing, I just want to clarify, because... Um when you sit in meditation, it's an opportunity to notice the thoughts that are running you. Um, am I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is um, just for listeners who maybe haven't done a whole lot of meditating. Maybe it's um, too painful in a way because, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's definitely something that um, you work on. And, it, and it's just like working out. You know, you, you, you stay focused and you commit and, and you do a little bit, start slow and... and um, work your way up but but when you're in meditation maybe um notice the thoughts that are coming so that you can actually see what it is that's running you i mean it does does that sound accurate well meditation is uh basically watching watching your breath watching your thoughts watching watching everything that happens watching your energy movement watching your body watching your emotions uh, that's what I mean by witnessing. So observing, right. observing, and uh, as uh, if if you put yourself in a place of an observer, then obviously you're not the thought. You're simply observing the thought. Mm-hmm. And and in that in that uh, state of observation, there's a gap. There's a distance that's been created between what is being observed and the observer, which is you, which is your consciousness, mm-hmm. your awareness. This is how you come closer to yourself. And when we uh, observe the breathing, for example, uh, simply, simply through observation of the breathing, a watching of the breath, you can come to that silent gap between the incoming and outgoing breath, where, again, your being is where your consciousness is, where the scientists call this space a zero-point energy. 
out of which everything begins and into which everything returns. In other words, this is the place of eternity. In that gap, although nothing moves, at the same time, through that nothingness is how life uh, emerges, is Mm. how creativity emerges. Through that silence and stillness, how everything begins. So we need to start making friends with that silence silence and stillness and and we obviously don't know how to do that because as uh, you mentioned earlier we don't have that in our education system our our system education system does not prepare us to become uh, knowers of truth it prepares us to become good um, working machines that would serve the society that would serve the status quo mm-hmm yeah, I think that I mean that's I'm glad that we touched on that a little bit more because I think meditation is such a uh I don't know, people can interpret it so many different ways. I think especially uh, somebody just getting started, it can be actually almost a way to reprimand yourself because you can't get into the silence or whatever. So to actually understand that you are being a witness and you are stepping outside and looking in and being able to observe and and be okay with that, and and I think more stillness comes from that. Would you agree with Mata? With that, Mata, that uh, once the process gets going, then then you do start to see the stillness, like you said, in between the breaths, in between the thoughts, in between, uh, in those gaps. It's absolutely true, and also, Linda, I have to mention here, uh, which would be very appropriate, is that. Many people have difficulty with starting to meditate or even thinking that I, I mean, you know, I should be meditating simply because our lifestyle is quite different now from the lifestyle where the silent watching meditation called Vipassana was originated and that was in Buddhist time. So for our lifestyle, for our times, we need new methods so people can get inspired to meditate and this is where then new methods have been devised, have uh, come into um, play called active meditations, and they were devised by another Buddha of this uh, time, Osho, and I personally have benefited from those meditations uh, tremendously. I not only benefited, but they helped me to have the experience of awakening. So, and they're very fun to do. They incorporate body movement, they incorporate um, dance, they incorporate expression, and uh, alongside with silent sitting, so that before you can actually experience that silent gap, you release the stresses out of the body, because our body carries a lot of stress. And that's why it becomes very difficult and discouraging for people to just sit and try to find that still place, silent place. So with active meditations, you release the stress from the body, and as you do that, it prepares you for the phase where you actually sit silently, and you immediately feel that silent presence without really working hard at it. So so they're like a jet speed method. They're fast-moving methods, and we need to to um, be open to, to trying them. And um, I don't know if you had a chance to to uh, practice with the active meditation that I recently devised called No Yes. I did, actually. Um, I was just going to segue into that because I did. I yeah. experienced that. And it was um, 
so effective, I think. Um, it really did give me the opportunity to um, to be able to move, you know, uh, pinned up energy through that first half hour. And I'll let you go into explaining it. But my experience, it was just exactly what you said. My That energy moved for me. Um, and then when the silence came, it was like, oh, I get to rest. You know, and, and I and – I, um, it felt so good and I was so okay with it for that, for that second part. And then anyway, and then the, then the third part was just happy. It was good. Um, so why don't you describe yeah. it? Cause I don't want to give it away too much. Sorry. Well, I think you described it really well. And, uh, the, the place where you basically release all those repressed, um, negative thoughts, or, or you know, I, I don't even want to call them negative because they're like uh, they're part of life when we're so programmed not to say no. We're so programmed to say yes when we feel a no. So this meditation allows for all those repressed layers of uh, no to come up and be released because anything we're repressing our energy, it it creates an energetic block. It doesn't take rocket science to, you know, figure out. Just even logically we look at it, anything repressed will block the energy. So this opens up the energy, lets the energy flow, and as a result of expressing what's been repressed, and there's so many layers, sometimes people even come to experience uh, past life memories through this meditation. And once you release that and, and you have that opening within, the clouds have been released, removed, so then you have that opening where you can really connect with your inner peace and stillness and silence and not only connect, but you start um, enjoying it. You start enjoying that space of not doing anything, not going anywhere, not thinking. It's such a peaceful place to rejuvenate. And you know, I'd like to mention too. Oh, sorry. But before you go on, before you go in on into the third section, I just want to just mention on that first part where the, there's a half hour of, of really just expressing no and moving that energy. I was a little worried for myself going into it because I, I didn't especially feel angry or like I was really repressing. You know, I, I I've worked on releasing and forgiving and you know all these things. I mean, I'm a, I constantly work on stuff like that in my life, so I didn't really have a lot of pinned up negative emotion that I was aware of. So I was a little worried going into it, like, is this going to be? This is just going to be kind of weird. I don't want to make stuff up, but it really wasn't. There's still that stress that we hold in our bodies that allowed that stress and that tension to move for me. So I just wanted to point that out. Wrote. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good point, Linda. Because many times, you know, the mind thinks, well, you know, I've done all this and I don't have anything. But then the body carries right. um, many memories, which we we hard, we have a hard time accessing. And this is very true because I mean, you know, we're we're the head is a little bit removed from where the body is, and not only that, the layers. These are the layers of the unconsciousness that are all stored in our cellular memory, mm-hmm. and and that's why it helps to open to open all that up. And I call this like a wholesale work instead of retailing one <laughs> one by one. You know, 
working with one issue and then the next issue and takes you know weeks and months and years. This this in a short hour you can wholesale a lot of those issues all at once. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, bulk release. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and you know the beautiful thing is, um, and and uh, as you were describing, and I'm sure you know you didn't uh, um, elaborate too much, but if I if I mention it, you probably can concur with me that when you come to the last phase, then the yes that arises from within it feels more authentic. It feels more like a full body experience, and it feels more like you're connecting with the divine uh, directly. It did. It did. It felt more in alignment. I mean, I felt it felt easy, and it felt more of who I truly am. Like I could feel that. um, It's very difficult to put words to, but. Mm I did, it just was more in alignment with who I truly am at my core, at my essence, and it was just a lot. It was easy and yeah, joyful, that's, that's, and joyful. That's it. Yeah. So here we go. You have a tool you can teach your students. Yeah. It's. It was really. It's. It's. Um. Like I said, I was. I was a little. Um. But I'm pretty open. So you know, I. I wanted to do it. I didn't want to take any shortcuts. I wanted to really follow it and. Um, and open up to being open and complete and and actually um the yes part of it where you recommend getting up and dancing i mean that's a little weird for some people it was weird for me i don't normally get up and dance in my meditation room i felt that mm-hmm. you know there was a little bit of feeling um a little bit silly but i'm thinking why who cares who's watching what does it matter <laughs> you know and it did it felt really good to just move my body and to um, release in that way, in a joyful way. And I made sure I had a smile on my face, and it just felt good. I opened mm-hmm. up and I allowed myself to feel that, to feel that joy and that ease and that, and to let that um, inhibition go. You know, to where you're feeling judged or you're feeling like you have to be a certain way in order to be normal. In quotes, you know. Um, yes. It, it was it was um, quite therapeutic. I really I really did like it a lot. That's all. That's exactly what it, it's all about: breaking those those conditionings uh, and the fears of being judged, and you know, uh, uh, and and the old patterns of behavior. So that's that's beautiful. Yeah, it was it was really good. So thank you, thank you for sharing that with me. Number one, so that mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to experience and we could have a really good conversation around it, um, because I thought it was worth having and and. Um, it's a great way for somebody to to really um, understand what it feels like, what we're talking about, to actually feel it. Versus, it's just another thing that they're learning, and another thing okay. you know that they they take notes on. It's something they can actually feel, and that's what makes the difference, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, one of the big things too, and I see it more and more and more because. Um, I don't mean to generalize, but it, it just really, women seem to be just really waking up and it's it's causing a lot of um, conflict in their lives because they're becoming more aware of who they truly are. And um, and, and like I said, I'm speaking generalities. Obviously, there's men out there too and, and men that I work with as well. Um, so I don't want to just count that. But um, I just, there's a lot of tension in marriages I think because of this, because of the shift and and people really starting to awaken. Um, So 
can you speak a little bit about that on on relationships? I think um, you know I, I focus a lot on on people's relationships um, in regards to uh, just as a reflection of of um, what they're supposed to learn. It's not so much relationship repair as it is relationship with self. But mm-hmm. um, I just see that there's a lot of unhappy marriages. And what is a good way? What are some of the steps that somebody can take um, when this is happening? to improve not only, you know, the ease, but maybe the relationship itself, if, if that's what's supposed to happen? Well, first of all, we need to uh, understand that women are the stronger sex. Uh, unlike what we normally think that men are stronger. Because women are the life givers, and they take on... Uh, a great deal of responsibility because through their nurturing, how things grow. Without a female being there and nurturing a child, um, it's it's very difficult for the child to grow in uh, balance and in unison. And that's that's uh, precisely those steps in in my book when I describe what happens if the ego is not nurtured at each step. So, um, and what happens normally is the way the patriarchal system has come in, it's come in based on the way I see it, based on the fear that the man, the male species have uh, with regards to, to the woman's power, to the female power. And that starts from, you know, if we go back to the 15th century and the Inquisition time where so many women were burnt as witches, and uh, a witch simply means a wise woman, uh, because men wanted to somehow um, dom- dominate and uh, with their feeling of I am, I am, you know, weaker and I don't want the woman to take charge. And um, when we look back to our, uh, when we had the matriarchal sort of um, um, lifestyle in the pagan uh, times, there there is more balance between men and women. And mm-hmm. that balance has taken, um, you know, it, it's been cut. It's, there's no more balance because men don't understand that they need to give all the attention and uh, respect and honor to the women. Instead, they've learned to use women for their own pleasure. And any woman would be upset about that Mm -hmm. because she's giving so much. She's she's doing so much for the family. Uh, She's she's, uh, taking care of children. She's taking care of her husband. She's going to work just like the, you know, her husband does. And I'm not saying this is for in every case because there are men who are very sensitive and they're sort of take, you know, equal responsibility in their relationships. But I'm I'm talking generally here. And uh, this is is a societal problem that we have, that men don't know how to honor and respect women. And if a woman is respected and honored and appreciated uh, for for who she is, then she will be even more nurturing and more loving. But because it's not happening, there's that inner unrest and anger, so therefore conflict is inevitable. And in order to solve 
conflict. I think both men and women need to understand that there are differences between them, that females are more emotional, they're more feeling type, because that's what a woman is. If she wasn't feeling more and she she wouldn't be nurturing, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to nurture um, life, she wouldn't be able to nurture children and, you know, her husband, so that they feel and they're more intuitive and more sensitive. And men are more logic-oriented. And uh, it's very important for both men and women to understand those differences between each other, because with that, then there's more possibility of um, seeing the person where he is or she is um, without really getting getting your own projections. You know, I'd like to actually mention too, I think this is, uh, you know, I, there's a huge transition going on, transformation going on, I believe, in this planet. And, and the energy is coming in so fast and so strong and we're so able to create really quickly and manifest really quickly, quicker than ever before. And and I see, like I mentioned, women really waking up um, to their own divinity. And and um, but you know what? I will say that I there are I'm seeing men wake up now too. And and it is so exciting to me because I think you know back in the 50s, 60s, or whatever, probably 60s, um, you know, the whole bra burning. Uh, women's lib kind of thing was not really a healthy movement um, um, because the, the men weren't being honored at all. And and I do want to mention, I think that it's important to honor men for who they are as well. And I do see a shift happening, um, but it's because the women are starting to really understand uh, their own divinity and their own femininity and, and um, really create from that place, not from a place of defense. And, and you're right. I think that's what's bringing um, – bringing this out, this, the men's energy more balanced. Everything's just balancing out a bit better. I think there's huge opportunity in these times. I get excited thinking about well, it because I, I think, shift yeah. every day. But especially for, for, for the new generation, there are so many uh, possibilities. You know, mm-hmm. for, for the generation before, uh, before that, before, you know, before what, uh, what's coming in right now, there's there's a lot of work to be done, and yes, you're right. A lot of men have been doing their work, and you know, not as many as as women, of course. Right. In spiritual right. workshops, you see majority women who are doing this mm-hmm. kind of work. Right. And there's a handful of men, and these men are more uh, have more feminine qualities within them. There are more gentle qualities within them, and uh, you know, more more of an understanding of the differences need to happen on sort of like the mainstream arena, if you will. And and it, that's why we still have wars. That's why nations mm-hmm. are still fighting nations, because men have not really uh, learned or understood that it's not about winning. And this is the... I remember Osha saying, what stops a woman from awakening is her jealousy, and what stops a man is his ego. And this is precisely the areas that each of the sexes need to focus on. And how men keep women enslaved is by uh, fueling that jealousy within them. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and that's how they also strengthen their own ego. 
and and obviously not, not not neither of them are going to be happy because it's not about winning it's not about you know um looking at um i want all the attention and um you can't look at any other woman you know so so all these things need to be addressed and they're painful sometimes because ultimately they all to do with the wounded ego as i call it and they all to do with the person not having found their own truth so ultimately that's why it's so important for each person to do their inner work for relationships to happen mm-hmm. in a balanced way in a loving way and in a solid uh, sort of connected way each each person needs to do their internal works work so that um they're not coming together trying to fulfill each other's needs, but they're coming together, sharing their gifts. Mm-hmm. Well said. That's um, so true, and that's where I go in my coaching as well, is just, um, you know, it starts with it starts with you, and it starts, the best chance of anyone having a good relationship is to make sure that the relationship with their self is really solid and really pure, and um, because creating from that place can only create pure things, and, and um you know, sometimes things fall away because it doesn't, you know, it, it's just not fitting within um, that space for you. Um, but generally, if it comes to that, then then um, you're okay because you know that you're you're choosing for your highest good. And when you're doing that, um, then all is well, I believe. But it is, it's, um, it's challenging. <laughs> well, you know, in, in sort of like more scientific terms, what happens that it, uh, that each men and each woman have that polarity within themselves, the inner male-female polarity. And what happens is that we attract a man or a woman based on what's happening within our own inner male or female energies because we need that mirror to show us what what is our own personal work that we need mm-hmm. to do internally. Mm-hmm. And once once the lessons are learned, once the the role of the mirror is completed, then that's where I see relationships fall apart. Or when one person does the work and the other one doesn't, that's when they fall apart. But when two people are doing their work and understand that my partner is simply a mirror for myself to see my own inner state of what, how, how am I relating within myself? with my male and female sides because we all come 50% from mother, 50% from father. So we all have both energies within ourselves. Right. And the, the the key is to balance that within ourselves. And our partner helps us because they, they, um, they show us, uh, give us an opportunity to look inside and to see how we actually do the same things that our partner does and things we don't like in our partner that is also happening within us. Yeah, that's uh, well said. And, and I'm glad that we touched on that too, Mara. I appreciate appreciate you speaking on that a bit. Um, I do, we're kind of getting close to running um, the full hour here. We've got about, I don't know, eight minutes or so left. But I would really, you know, I'd like to talk just a little bit more real quickly about the Dian method um, and just what... Um, what sets it apart? You know, what sets it apart from the other methods that are out there? And um, 
I guess just that. Why don't you speak on that for just a minute, and then we'll get into um, talking about some of the special offers you have out there, too, because I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to find you and to take you up on your generous offers. So um, let's go ahead and, and um, if you don't mind, just kind of separating the two. What, what What is the difference in your method versus what's out there? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, um, most methods that, that are there deal with, work with the symptoms and try to uh, eradicate the symptoms or work with the symptoms, work with energy blockages uh, in a sense that work with moving the energy because we know energy movement makes, makes us feel better and, you know, flush out some of the impurities from the body. And what happens, my experience, is those so-called impurities come back because the causes of the problems have not been resolved. It's like if you want to uproot, if you want to not have the tree, which has all these branches that keep coming, you need to uproot the tree. You cannot keep cutting the branches because new branches will come. With my method, I go into the roots and see what is the cause of the problem. It doesn't matter you know, whether it's a physical, emotional, mental problem, because they all come together, they're all interconnected. And the causes are always in the body, in the cellular memory, and what it is is simply the beliefs that are running in the body is what causes the energy blocks. It's like imagine a computer that that uh, has a program, and obviously you turn on the computer, and the program runs. If you want to stop that program from running, you have to go into the program and erase it. So that's pretty much what my method does. It goes directly into those repressed thoughts and emotions, uh, identifies what they are uh, through a system of uh, breathing, expression, and exhalation. It removes those beliefs out of the body. And it works with the entire body and it works with the two polarities, the negative-positive polarities of the mind. In other words, the contradictory uh, thought forms and emotions as well. We have to absolutely work with that, as I was saying in the beginning. So that once those are released, and, and what are beliefs? They're simply like clouds that cover the sun. Once they're released, then awareness automatically comes up where the person sees Aha, uh-huh, uh, I understand. I'm no longer a victim of this and I'm not going to live mechanically repeating this. The moment consciousness comes in, that's where 180 degree turn happens in energy, in awareness, in consciousness, and it's a full body thing. So the method works with the body, with the mind, with the emotions, and with the spirit all at the same time. And of course, the goal being to come into the consciousness. And once consciousness comes in um, and it's grounded, so I also have a way to help people ground what the shift happens uh, after the session. So once that's grounded, the person cannot go back into the old because that awareness will not allow them. So then, of course, there's also a homework that, that I always give specific to each person. And in the self-help uh, version where the book, um, I'm working on the book and the CD, where actually people could do this on their own, 
and this is where I'm very excited about, mm-hmm. that um, they, they have a, a possibility to fully take the power back into their their own hands. And not only that, this is how understanding starts arising. And once the person's understanding starts arising, then this is where the growth begins to happen. Spiritual growth begins to happen. And then the person becomes more empowered to make proper decisions, to make proper choices for themselves without bringing in more pain and suffering. So in other words, it eliminates the pain and suffering that uh, that, we, that we're so much inundated with. It's like the whole planet is full of pain and suffering because we're created with our unconsciousness. We're created with not understanding what life is all about. Well, and I, I love that um, that you're including a part in the book where people can actually do this on their own because really healing does, I mean, everybody has their own answers. And, um, you know, it's nice to have um, uh, intuitives and, and coaches and healers to help guide you there because sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to go those places on your own. But um, But ultimately, you know, we are all powerful and we all do hold the beauty and the power to manifest um, perfection in our life, really, if we're willing to accept that to some degree. So, um, you know, I would highly recommend anybody who has listened to this, you know, looking for a way to, to feel and to experience a shift, to definitely take advantage of, you know, what Mata has to offer and to get her book and to to read it and, and, you know, maybe make this, you know, another, the fact that you're here is choice, maybe choice one, who knows, you know, and bravo, because honestly, we're so connected and um, I believe the healthier we all are, then then we'll start a good, healthy momentum going and it will just, you know, that's what's going to really create um, a new loving planet for us. And and, um, so, Mata, I commend you for the work you're doing out there. I honor you and, um, I want to thank you for for sharing for sharing your method and your insights and um, just everything that we we were able to discuss today. I, I, I appreciate it. But next, I just want to make sure that everybody knows how to find you. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the stage here for a second and, and let everybody know how to find you and what you've got out there and the things that you're offering so that they can take you know they can get to know you a little bit. Uh, well, there's several things, Linda. Thanks for uh, for the opportunity to share that information. There, there are several things um, that are offered on my website, madadalian.com. That's M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com. And um, we have um, with a newsletter sign up. There's a free um, power shake that will come to your email the following day which is actually um, uh, something that I use personally and I've been using in my intensives with people and it's extremely powerful. So just as it says, power shake recipe. So that, that would be a free gift uh, with newsletter subscription. And then there is another gift where people purchase the book In Search of the Miraculous Healing in the Consciousness and the No Yes Meditation CD. Um, and they can get a free teleclass with me with the purchase of those two where they can ask personal questions and I'll be able to look into people's energy and tell exactly 
give some suggestions to what exactly they can do. It's just to sort of save save time in trying uh, to find things and not really getting to the to the core issue. And uh, of course, there's also the eight week online course that I do, which is basically working with with all those platforms that we talked about in each chakra. So we go week after week and I identify what the platforms are uh, for people and they, they, I give them uh, instructions to how to work to clear the body, to detoxify the body in each chakra. So as we go week after week and then we practice with different active meditation each week. So this like for eight weeks and this gives people also an opportunity to experience um, several different active meditation techniques that they can later on incorporate into into their daily life. So and, and of course yes and, and of course the, the upcoming book and the C D for the self healing of the uh, DM method. And that's something that people can also um, uh, if they're interested to be notified when it's ready, they can uh, they can leave leave their uh, uh, interest on the website. There's a button that they can subscribe. Perfect. Well, there's there's certainly a lot to take advantage of, and um, you know they've gotten a taste for really how deep and and compelling your your method sounds. And um, I just encourage everybody to definitely take advantage of it. And uh, Maud, I want to thank you so much for um, being on with us today. It and was my pleasure, Linda. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat. Yeah, it was it was a great hour. I, I enjoyed it as well. So I also want to, um, wrapping up, let, let everyone know how to get a hold of me. Um, you can reach me on my website as well, www.lightupmysoul.com. And there's um, an option to sign up for my free mini course, um, Feeling Happy and Free in Your Relationships. And there's an e-book there as well. And um, there's also, um, I've got an a interview series out there called Waking Up the Real You, Recreating Your Own Reality. And you can get to that from that website as well. So anyway, everybody, thank you so much again for uh, tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, had a lovely hour. So I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day or evening, depending on where you all are. And namaste.